Hi everybody, hope you're having a great day so far. Before you start today's episode, I just want to give you a small reminder to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to today's podcast. And also, if you have the time, if you could feel free to leave us a review, that would help us out tremendously. Uh, There are some weird podcast algorithms that are out there. Uh, Too scientific for me to comprehend or explain, but um, it would help us out tremendously if you did that. Thanks for listening to the Northern Nerd Podcast. March Madness is one of my favorite times of year, and whether you're a diehard fan or a casual fan, it's something that everyone can get involved in, whether they're filling out a bracket because they actually know information about the basketball teams, or just going off the jersey colors or their favorite mascot. And today's guest on the show is very familiar with the game of basketball, and his name is Ben Retzloff, and I know him from my days back at UWO Claire working at TV10, and now he's working for the Marquette Golden Eagles men's basketball team as their digital graphics coordinator. And so it was really great to sit down with him talking about uh, just how things have been going for him in that position. This is his second year being in that position, but also talking about the culture that the Marquette basketball team is creating, especially with Shaka Smart as the head coach. And uh, it was just really great to hear um, a little bit about basketball, but also about the philosophy um, in which he goes about his life and how that relates to basketball. So it was a really great conversation. Really enjoyed catching up with Ben and I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. So without further ado, here's today's episode. Well, I appreciate yeah, you taking the time out to um yeah, come on the podcast and just talk about what you've been up to, man. It's been pretty cool to follow as well and you guys are having a really exciting season too. Yeah. No, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Um, always, uh, always appreciate when kind of people back home are following and, and reach out, and gladly like to share some of the things that are that are going on. And um, I think that was part of the excitement when I when I got to come back to Wisconsin in a in a basketball capacity and be at a school that you know, obviously, like you had mentioned when we talked prior, that grew up watching. Obviously, you got the Badgers, but then Marquette's right there too. Is you know, kind of the pride of the state, especially once March rolls around. A lot of people um, have their eyes on us and the Badger program to see what we can do. So um, both last year and then now this year, again, it just um, proves to be such an exciting time for a lot of people. And I hear from a lot of people um, around this time that I don't normally do. And uh, some of that stuff really just makes it fun and and special uh, beyond just the game. Yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's a time of year where I think a lot of people, uh, yeah, that maybe don't tune into basketball, but they're like, well, I'm from Wisconsin and this Marquette team's from Wisconsin or the Badgers are in it and I got to root for them. So I know you kind of get some of those fans coming out of the woodwork there too. So it's got to be nice to have the just the support of your state when it comes to like making a tournament run and things like that. Right. And I mean, you said it right there. I just like March Madness itself is just such kind of a, um, a spectacle even like you even notice like the basketball season like when you're still fighting NFL and especially Wisconsin like the Packers up through you know really January early February but once their season ends then you really feel kind of like a an extra attention and an immediate push and I think that's like throughout the whole uh, country as well like once March hits oh now it's college basketball but I mean we're 
you know, playing games the first part of November. And it, it really is a long season and a season of, you know, a lot of happenings and ups and downs. And um, I think that's just kind of the, the unique part about it is like the attention around the season really ramps up right now. But I mean, we've been going through uh, the journey of the season for months, but uh, obviously you work and prepare to be playing your best basketball at this at this time when all the eyes are watching and the stakes are the highest so um, extremely excited about what's to come and obviously winning the the big east championship earlier this week was um, pretty special and um, looking forward to to build on that that's the other unique thing about college hoops too it's like you know it's not like in some of those pro leagues like you don't celebrate winning the nfc north or um, the central division, like you're, you're the Bucks, um, you know, you have that kind of one ultimate goal, like an NBA championship or, or a Super Bowl, where like in college hoops, like you win your league, but it's like, okay, like now let's go win the league tournament or, you know, let's make the Sweet 16 or the Final Four or what, you know, it's like there's all these different tiers. So it's such a uniqueness, like you celebrate it, but it's like, hey, like you're kind of on to the next thing as well. Right. Yeah. Um, still more work to be done. Um, so just kind of that, that mindset as well, like already, so really the um, first Marquette team to, to win the Big East outright, um, but yet still hungry for so much more as a program. Um, and coach really drives that too. We always say like no finish line is a big, big thing with him where it's like, you know, we've, we've really never arrived even after experience and success. It's like we still want more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have that hunger to, yeah, achieve more or achieve greater. Like this is pretty cool, but yeah, there's still stuff to strive for. Uh, what? Would, yeah, what was it like to win the Big East? Like, what was that locker room like and things like that? Once, um, yeah, you guys knew. I, well, it was just like cause we were kind of in a unique spot because we really, I mean, we've been playing well for a good stretch here. Winning on the road at Creighton was, you know, just such a such a huge accomplishment towards that, that larger goal of winning the league. Um, so once we did that, we're like, okay, like now we, we kind of have a, a stretch here, like we're getting to Paul at home and the opportunity to, to clinch a share. So it was like, too, you, so you're figuring out, you know, how much do you, you, do you celebrate a share? Do you want more? Obviously you want to win the thing outright. So it was like, just kind of interesting as like in our minds of our players and as we were building out, kind of our messaging and like how we wanted to approach it with them. Like, you know, you know, at what point is it appropriate to celebrate? And honestly, the players had the best answer for us. And we're like, well, you know, we don't want to share that thing. So we kind of approached DePaul as just another game, take care of business, get that share. And then obviously, you know, the elephant in the room was you go on the road at Butler and historic Hinkle Fieldhouse, you know, and you come away with a win, like you, then we can celebrate, you know, like it's ours at that point. So yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. We we were a little bit lax in the second half against DePaul, but really, I mean, we really played well in both halves uh, on the road here at, at Butler. So um, I just think that like playing better basketball than what we'd had um, at home against DePaul was was encouraging. And then obviously, once the the buzzer sounds and you're like, okay, you know, it's, it's <laughs> ours. And obviously, our players were really emotional. And I mean, Tyler Cole has continued to kind of show why he, you know, is deserving of Big East Player of the Year, kind of closing out that thing in the second half. And I don't know, you just realize how many people are involved. Like, they're just like, 
even in our travel party and it extends way beyond our players and coaches and like the support staff like myself and the extended staff the administration so that's probably through one thing what it was like winning the big east just just how many people are involved and then how much it means to so many people that aren't directly involved um, and just kind of being behind the scenes or kind of over coach's shoulder as he's experiencing a lot of that stuff firsthand was just kind of really incredible to see you know people coming out of the woodworks and fans that have been loyal for a long time or all different situations in between to really experience that um, along with all of us directly involved. Yeah. Just kind of having that ripple ripple effect um, once that, yeah, that was clinched is yeah, probably pretty cool to, I don't know, just be in the facilities like the next day and like, I don't know, everybody's got to be in a pretty good mood and have a smile on their face kind of thing. Yeah, no, there's definitely, definitely that carryover and, you know, like you go in the office and then, you know, the trophy's sitting on the coach's <laughs> desk, you know, and it's like, yeah, this thing's pretty massive and heavy, you know, so it isn't, it isn't hiding from anyone. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's just kind of a, a light feeling of, of accomplishment. And, you know, even like I said, with the no finish line thing, like you're still human. So you're mm-hmm. still, you know, subject to that, that lightness, that following day of being like, Hey, like we really did do something special and, and it's okay to lament in that for a little while. And, um, and experience, you know, the success and what, what you've accomplished, you know, whether you're a player or again, if you're coach smart or um, any other role you may have, like he's been such a good leader in the way that he validates everyone that's involved and really pays attention to the type of work you do, whether you're again, putting the ball in the basket or assisting or, you know, maybe doing something behind the scenes or operations or graphic design or, or making decisions with schedule, like whatever your impact is, he recognizes it and gives it attention. And I think that's probably the thing I've been able to kind of just connect with the most with him is his ability to, to push yet validate along the way. Um, so I think, again, that's just that leads to those types of feelings after you do accomplish something because you do feel pride and you do feel like you contributed to this championship really regardless of what what your role was because in his eyes, I mean, it is all of great importance. Yeah, and it's, and it's great to have a leader like that that is able to um, have that impact on everyone that's uh, around him. Um, so that's – I'm I'm – yeah – that's really cool to to have a leader like that and to have a coach like that. So, um, Ben, can you tell us a little bit about what your what your role is with the uh, Golden Eagles men's basketball team? Yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's, it's not always the the easiest to describe because I was again speaking on on shock a little bit, like his ability to develop and, and push you into other things is really like. I mean, it, it is really remarkable and um and they I always hear the saying like you're a product of like the five people you're around the most and like I literally can he's like he's got this infectious way of of leading and and being successful so just by being around him it's just really really kind of changed a lot of kind of my approach to different things and I don't want to say my being because he also promotes you to be your your unique self 
which I think I can come into the office every day and kind of just be myself and, um, and, and kind of go through, through my strengths um, as a worker and a coworker and a, a teammate and a um, fellow coach. And, um, but, but as to what I do, the reason I preface that is I was hired as a digital graphics coordinator, um, you know, almost two years ago. And as the job description reads is literally like to design graphics for recruiting and also assist um, social media with some of the actual creation of the graphics. Like that was how it was written out Yeah, on, on the job description. Um, but ever since then, I mean, it, it's just evolved and changed and could probably be like the furthest thing from what that description um, reads like coach isn't a big titles guy. Like, honestly, if I put him on, on the spot right now and said, Hey coach, like, what's my title? Like, I don't even think he'd know. Like he yeah. just looks at me as like, like, like Ben, you know, as um, his, his staff member, Ben, not so much what um, specifically I'm asked to do. Uh, and I think that's again, a unique aspect of him and in, in validating his, his staff members where it's, you know, it's a collective. It's not like you're just kind of wedged into this one role and that's really all you do. He looks at kind of some of the intangible and um, and really allows that to grow as well. So in different ways that it's grown, I mean, I, I take care of a lot of his administrative duties and, and communication and in media. I spend a lot of my time um, upstairs in the athletic offices with our administration kind of representing him in a lot of different meetings for marketing or communication or um, NIL type stuff. Like essentially anything that isn't directly X's and O's, I've really kind of grown into being, you know, an extension of him in that way um, to make sure, you know, just the overall branding and culture of our program um, is, is in alignment because we believe fundamentally that alignment wins throughout the entire athletic department from the administrators that support us from our coaching staff and support staff down to our players um, a universal surround sound um, aligning our messaging and culture is really what we believe um, brings us success so I've been kind of acting as the conduit in that way of just really you know taking what he preaches you know, to our, our players, but also showing how that's applicable to, you know, really anyone um, throughout athletics. Um, so it kind of stemmed kind of from that creative side, but, but again, I think a lot of it, I've just kind of been able to, to forge based off of opportunity and situations he's kind of thrown me in based on, you know, what he's, what he's seen in me. So I, I still keep the title. I mean, I don't, I've kind of maybe gotten that from him where I don't really even care what the title is. I, yeah. I value more on the situations he puts me in and what's going on behind closed doors and all that other stuff will, will catch up in time. Um, but yeah, in short, I'd say where it stands today, it's really basically helping build the brand of what Marquette basketball is. Um, aesthetically, messaging wise, Workplace satisfaction, communication, appreciation, um, essentially, like I said, creating that alignment because we believe whether you're 
our director of game presentation that's helped building our atmosphere at Pfizer Forum, or your our director of facilities that makes sure all the rims are set and all that, no matter what your role is, you are validated and you're just as important and you're a part of us and what goes into winning. Um, we, like we use the concept, like, um, you know, us or them, you know, like it's, it's us, you know, it's not, um, you, not this divide between, Oh, they're the basketball program. And then there's everyone else. It's like, right. no, if you touch our program, you're a part of us. So I, I feel like that's kind of where I wedged myself in and kind of tried to bring everyone together around winning. And, you know, coach is pushing all the buttons, you know, in terms of what he believes goes into winning. I mean, it's definitely showing itself this year. Yeah, most definitely being the sixth team in the nation. I mean, that's kind of speaking volumes as to, yeah, that culture that he's created there at Marquette and just the, uh, impact that he has not only on the surrounding coaches and, and things like that, but on his players as well and people uh, at the university. So I think like that's great that you're not limited to just that one title of being, yeah, the digital graphic coordinator, but you're able to put on all these different hats and just help, again, promote that culture um, and make sure that, yeah, everyone's on the same page. So I think that's that's really cool to hear um, that you've been able to be like put in different situations and um, have these unique opportunities, not just be limited to that one title. And I think we're, you know, we're fighting the grain even more um, today with NIL. And you, you see across the landscape of the NCAA, these types of deals, these players are getting and money is really getting infused into it um, in terms of kind of like contractually, kind of like a pro league in, in some sense. So it's like, the, the idea that you can win with culture and connectivity um, and relationships and, and player development and things like that, all that's getting challenged. And, you know, for Coach to double down on that and continue to emphasize its importance um, is kind of like the cool undertone of what this season has been. Um, and I think my role, you know, could shrink and grow kind of depending on on who I work for. And I think that's why it's been such a blessing that, that Shaka brought me on because what he values is also allowed for the type of work and the strengths of, of myself to really kind of expand, um, like valuing creative stuff, valuing culture. Um, you know, even just, even in the huddles with the culture board and the things like that, that's a lot of, you know, my in-game role is, you know, whether whatever cultural props, you know, we're kind of like that college football team, you know, where they got all the kind of different props on the sideline, whether it's for plays or like the UNLV's got like the, the slot machine for when they get oh, a yeah. turnover and stuff like that. Like we brought that to the college hoops game a little bit um, with a variety of props. And then in all our huddles, we have a culture board with like five of our core terms that are like resets for our players. Mm -hmm. um, so when they sit in that huddle, they see it and they visually, um, can see it register with them and uh, and just so I'm just my point is like again him emphasizing those types of things creates you know more work and more value in the type of work that I do whereas maybe another coach wouldn't value that um, quite as much so um, again working for him has just been it's been a, a perfect fit yeah that's great to hear and I'm I'm glad you're you're really enjoying it too and um what have been some of the I don't know, some of your favorite like projects that you've worked on or some of those 
a favorite memories that you have where you've been put in a situation and it's just been a great experience? I'd say probably one of um, the biggest eye openers for me was uh, this past summer when we were really trying to take that next step in alignment throughout our whole department. The coach asked if I'd, you know, lead a presentation with, you know, a handful of our administrators and extended staff and uh, different people throughout the department. And, you know, it just, it was just really unique because, it was how he basically, again, validated me and saying, hey, like, I trust you. Like, I don't care if you're 24 or 25 or whatever. Um, I think I was 24 when that happened. But um, but you can lead the room with our AD and our, our deputy AD and our director of marketing, all these you know, people with years and years of athletics experience and respect and um, big-time accomplishments of their own that – you know, he believed that I could command the room on his behalf and really start this initiative throughout the whole department. So, um, so I ended up presenting and we kind of went back and forth. Like he was up there with me as well. And he would interject with different points, but it was really just this, this moment of, Hey, everyone, like, like Ben is going to be an extension of me in, in all these, these areas of, off the floor type stuff that I, I mentioned um, a little bit earlier uh, in the podcast. And I always look back at that moment of, like I said, of just validation and of, of kind of just, he was just asserting me into that role. It's um, kind of just the connector um, with athletics and with our, our basketball program. So I'd say that's one moment. And then I, I, I love the opportunity to be creative and, um, think outside the box or, or manifest an idea, you know, that he may throw at me. I love, love that, you know, he may like even start with, Oh man, like, I don't know if we can pull this off, but what do you think about this? And then boom, like, no coach, I, I got you. We'll find a way. Um, you know, uh, so what was one that I would think would be the best? I mean, we've done, so dominoes are a big thing in our program, like the old, the old school, like knock a domino down and it knocks down the rest. We oh, okay. That's a big cultural principle for us mm-hmm. because like, like Dalton, if I like positively impact you, you know, that may influence you to then positively impact another person, you know, whether, you know, if we want to talk in the scope of a basketball game, like if I get a deflection, maybe that leads to a steal that leads to a transition bucket. Or maybe I say hi to you in the office space and that, you know, gives you a jolt of energy so then you can go to another coworker and pet. So like this whole concept of kind of like a ripple effect or whatever. Yeah. Um, but a domino. Um, so we made different cultural props. Um in respect to that, like one game we made this kind of big box and it was all decorated with like domino wallpaper or whatever, and everyone had made took taken uh little cutouts of that our photographer um, had captured of different moments of where our guys were dominoes in their game or, and then the, some action shots of our staff and stuff. And I, I made these little kind of personalized dominoes and we all, you know, threw it into the domino box before the game. And then one of our walk-ons was like holding it um, and it, you know, caught some TV time on, on the bench squad. So there's, you know, always just different ways of resemblance. We did a, a water jug where it was like, the analogy of pouring into each other, uh, you know, and sometimes that's like 
you know, a half hour before film and we got to get creative. Hey, we're on campus. Can we get a water jug? How should we brand this thing? You know, yeah. what's it going to look like when we bring it in game? So I don't just some of those, just again, those tasks where it's like, Hey, like, could we make this happen? You know, it's almost like a challenge. Like coach, I got you. Let's, yeah. let's kind of find a way. Um, because ultimately, like I said, he's, he prioritizes that as much as X's and O's. Like, like I said, he, he believes like culture can win and all that stuff. Um, like how to defend a ball screen or passing and cutting or, you know, giving up an okay shot to get a great one. That all that, you know, again, is a result of that initial culture and relationships and connectivity. Like if you really love the person that you're going to war with, like you're going to selflessly make the right place. Yeah. And just, so it's been, go ahead. Oh um, yeah. I was just kind of to your point of earlier saying like, it's kind of going against the grain, but it's something that's so important. I think um, to have like, yeah, caring for one another, like it's not just about, I'm going to get mine and then I'm going to just kind of do my own thing, but promoting that, yeah, culture of, um, I don't know, yeah, looking to your left and right and knowing that you're competing with your brothers and making sure like um, everyone's kind of buying into that, um, I think is is something that's really cool um, in today's day and age where it's just like, all right, well, how do you just get all these um, NIL deals and things like that? And then how do you go on to the NBA kind of thing? Right, right. And yeah, it's in it's and it's powerful when it isn't just hollow words either. Like I'm sure a lot of those things um, that I've said already, you know, can maybe sound like coach speak or that you've heard you know, a lot of other people say, but the fact that like he actually carries it out and our program actually embodies those things. And we have complete buy-in from our players Yeah, um, is, I mean, it's, it's truly like, it, it's special. Like it's a, it's a really unique team. And, um, and I, yeah, I think that's, probably where the most credit's due as always is, is our players and I mean you can create the best presentation of a culture all you want but ultimately it's the buy-in of, of the players and for them to trust you know shocking the staff that hey like he knows what he's talking about like this stuff really can lead to winning they take that trust when we're picked ninth in the big east and no one else believes in us like they had that unwavering trust then and now look you know, where we are already accomplishing an incredible amount, but with, you know, plenty left to go get. So I think that's the, the coolest part of this whole thing. Yeah. And what's your, what's your favorite part of working with players? So in my role, it, it does vary a little bit. When I was at Louisiana Tech, I was, um, you know, on the floor a little bit more and like rebounding and, you know, really built strong relationships, um, through basketball stuff with, with the players at, at Marquette, it's more kind of an administrative role and behind the scenes. Like I'll still hang around practice, but I'm not, I'm not uh, tied to it or have any like specific role. Um, often, um, you know, kind of work in other different, different things, whether it's on campus or in the office or, so it's more kind of long-term kind of strategic type of, of work outside of the creative stuff. So I, I got to be a little more creative and intentional about where I, I build my relationships specifically with the players. Um, and some of it's through those cultural things or like Stevie Mitchell, like you need a little bit of encouragement and they had a great quote he liked while I, you know, made him kind of a cool personalized graphic of some of his best moments of the year. And 
that graphic with his favorite quote and those pictures hangs in his locker. And um, so there's some different like interpersonal stuff like that. I mean, obviously on the road and then all the film sessions and all that type of stuff, you, you build relationships with guys. So it's, it's just, but it's just different than, than when I was at, at Louisiana Tech or even Eau Claire, where I was even more involved in actual like in-game coaching. Um, but I think another way that, and it's not directly an interpersonal relationship, but a relationship I have with our players is kind of just like through our, our social media accounts in different ways. Like, so we have a director of social media that does a lot of the content creation, does a lot of the graphics and um, video. I'll, I'll assist in, in some of the graphics, but my biggest role in social media is essentially checking with them to make sure our messaging is aligned and, and making sure anything that's put out is, you know, again, like that surround sound I talked about earlier, like kind of reinforcing what we're seeing behind closed doors. Obviously, there's a, a sacredness to the, the innermost part of the program, but there's different levels to it that you can then cycle through. So when guys go on their phones at night, yeah, okay, we can't control what other people are saying, but at least when they turn on that, that Marquette page, um, it, it's, again, reinforcing what they've heard um, in the office or on the practice gym um, all day long. So I think that's kind of where I feel like my relationship with them too can grow is they know that, you know, we're looking out for them in kind of this battlefield that social media can really become in today's day and age. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it can be pretty uh, can be pretty crazy and just like how quickly things can get shared or made into like, I don't know, memes or like a mistake you make in a game or something like that. Like, I think yeah. the the one I always go back to is like um, just being a fan of the Badgers and Sam Decker and stuff like that. But like when he was playing for the Rockets and he was yeah. dribbling down the court on a fast break and he like slipped and the ball went right right off his head. And um, yeah. like, I don't know, that kind of people like throw that at him all the time on Twitter. Like if they don't like something that he said, like they'll just drop that gif in. And it's like, right. it's a totally different beast. I know. I know. And you, and again, like, and just like that, like Sam can't really control that. And right. you know, our guys can't control, but at least, you know, from like the Marquette page or something like that, we would never, you know, put our players in, in that type of position. And we believe this, you know, a channel and a medium again, to reinforce our culture and our messaging, like different social medias take different approaches to it as well. Like just talking in state, like with Wisconsin, they're, they kind of infuse a little bit more humor and lightness in some of their tweets and, um, and social posts with the type of captions or um, different photos. And, and there's a capacity um, to do that in social media and there's an audience for it, but, but we elect to strictly use ours and, and truly all, all seriousness. And again, another, another channel and medium to just message our players first and foremost. And, you know, obviously our fans, or along for the journey too. And a lot of our stuff is still documented in that way. But, but in terms of strategic goals for our, our social media, I mean, we're, like I said, we're messaging our players first, both from a standpoint of, you know, protection and showing them in a good light. And also, Hey, like, yeah, you may not be in the, the office right now, but you go on your phone and you're going to still see that same type of messaging from us because this is what we believe in. Right. Yeah. Having that continuity and, and things like that throughout is, yeah, is big. And it, it becomes, I mean, ever bigger. Like, I mean, social media, like it, it's, you know, some of those old um, 
you know, types of, of media are starting to fade, like newspapers and things like that, or they're shifting to their digital type of communication, like those old um, newspaper writers that maybe got it printed. Well, now they're, they're tweeting out half their story or whatever. Right. Um, so it's really become the central hub of all, all news. Like I'd say that Marquette basketball is most effectively communicated through their social medias rather than any press release or, or traditional standard of, of communication. It's just the way it's going. So again, being intentional about the way that you want to, you want to, shed light on the, the players is, I mean it, it can't be uh, undersold and just again another point to coach is that okay like you really like would think Shaka Smart's concerned about social media instead of you know how we're going to defend this ball screen or you know what type of actions out of a timeout on the baseline we should run he absolutely does because yeah. again in this NIL era you are literally trying to message and fight for the hearts and minds of your players almost hourly now, like the recruitment is continuous. Yeah. You know, you don't, you're not just trying to recruit them to campus, but you want, you want to keep them in, in promote retention as well. Like our squad all has two years of eligibility remaining, you know? So as much as obviously we're focused on, on the present and, and want to win and achieve as much success in 2022, 23, I mean, you know, we we love our players and want them back too, and want them to to feel like they're they're wanted and wanted back. You know, so that's a whole different battle in in today's age with the transfer portal too. Yeah, that really has shifted things. Like, yeah, I mean, you just bring that up right now. I really didn't think about it that way, but yeah, there's totally um, a shift in like how you handle yeah your recruiting, but also yeah retaining your players and making sure that they're yeah, they feel like supported and a part of the family and everything like that. But yeah, beforehand it was like, oh, well, this player committed to this school and then they'll be there for four years or, or something like that. But yeah, you really got to uh, make sure everyone's buying in and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, it's truly continuous. And if you're a program um, like we are in terms of of what we, we value in terms of relationship, growth and victory, well, I mean, that is retention. You know, we value the relationship we build with each and every guy and and want explosive growth for whatever or however many years they're on campus. And ultimately, that's what we believe to, to win on and off the floor in victory. Um, so, again, it's just practicing what you preach and valuing what, what you preach and not having those hollow words. And, um, and I think a lot of what, Again, we try to message those guys as a an action plan behind it, um, and the amount of intention and effort our staff pours into our players is is incredible. And I think as a result of that, they do feel you know loved and feel important and truly feel like the coaches have their best interests. And I mean that's invaluable in today's uh, society of oh, what's next? Or oh, I'm just sign you for one year. Or, you know, let's just hop in the transfer portal, like, again, against the grain. Yeah. No, that's really admirable, and uh, I think that's really cool uh, what you guys are doing with that. So, yeah, keep doing what you're doing there. That's, um, yeah, something that's really neat. Um, so next question I got for you, Ben, is uh, how has basketball made you into the person you are today? Oh, man, that's a that's a great question. I always like, 
you know, and, and, and coaches like this too, he's a deep thinker. And, and I think a lot of, you know, our relationship's been forged over talking about things, you know, far deeper than just, you know, what the sport is. Cause in, in essence, it's really, you're just throwing a ball through a rim. Like yeah. when you think <laughs> about it in the grand scheme of life, like <laughs> you're, you're playing a game, but there's so much power into what it, what it can do in terms of really all we've talked about uh, on this podcast already about, you know, again, relationships, growth and, and victory and the, and the power that that holds. Um, I just, when I think of like basketball, it's just, again, it's, it's been a connector for me. Um, I think I've always identified myself as being a part of a team and, and that, that sense of belonging that comes with that, you know, whether it was during my high school days playing or, my one year of college at, at St. Norbert and then kind of managing and doing some student coaching stuff at, at Eau Claire and then a grad assistant at La Tech. And then now here with, with Shaka, I've really never had a year where I haven't been a part of, of a team and, and going and winning something for a group of individuals. Um, so I, I just think that's something I've familiarized myself with and, um, and something that, I've been able to meet as a need in my life. Um, I just the being validated and feeling like you're part of something bigger than yourself is kind of a, a cliche statement, but usually if, if it's a cliche, it means a lot of people are saying it. Therefore it probably has some truth to it. If a lot of people are experiencing that, so that's what I, that's my take on, on cliches. So I don't really mind using them once in a while. Um, but yeah, I'd say the places it's taken me and the people I've I've been around, um, and his ultimate like I mean Eric Conkle at at Louisiana Tech who's now head coach at Tulsa, incredible uh, human being and and mentor and I actually had one year left on my GA when I was working for him and when Marquette maybe became a possibility and he went all out to fight to get me the job, even though he could have selfishly been like, no, Ben, I got you for one more year on your, (laughs) on your GA. So like, again, that just shows you the type of person he is or Matt Cyberling at Eau Claire and the opportunities he trusted me with as a college student to be that involved with this program. I mean, I'm indebted to him and, you know, Gary Gresh at St. Norbert and, you know, that year of growth and, um, learning what it was like to be away from home and um, making some of those real life adjustments for the first time. Um, you know, my first mentor, Woody Wilson there, uh, the late Woody Wilson, who I always like to name drop because he was, um, you know, just one that really kind of showed me the door of coaching or being around the game in that capacity. Um, and then obviously, you know, Archie Sherbinell at, at McDonald's. Um, in Chippewa Falls during my time there as a player. So the reason I, I like the name of them all, because again, like I said, it's the place I've been and, and the people I've been around. And um, and even like, again, you go from McDonald to, you know, working for Shaka Smart, but the same principles remain the same. And I think some of those things that I'm obsessed with that have led to some of maybe the, external things that people are like oh that's really cool i'm like i don't even look at it that way anymore i look at how it makes me feel like working for shaka smart makes me feel really good in in a in a, in a lasting and fulfilling way that is i know healthy and a great fit for me 
you know, I don't look at it like, oh yeah, like, so I get to work for this guy or get this type of, you know, get to do this type of thing or have this perk or whatever. It's really strictly how I feel. And that's why I know like this has just been such a great place to be because the uncoached the administration and, and all the extension of, of our program that I get to work with, like at the end of the day, I'm, I just, I feel really good um, going to work with those people. Yeah. And kind of to go back with what you said before, it's like not about the title, like the title doesn't mean as much. Um, it's more about like, yeah, how you probably feel going home at the, at the end of the day after, um, well, after a game or even after just like watching film or something like that, like that feeling of fulfillment, like this is, this is what I want to do with my life. This is, um, what's getting me up in the morning. This is just like how I find that joy and happiness and, um, just so blessed to be able to, to have this be a part of my life. No doubt. No. And I I think that comes with adulthood too. And then maturing and realizing, you know, the world is, is pretty dang big. You know, I was was (laughs) his office the other week and I was like, we were just talking about ego and things like that. And, and I had made a comment to him like, Literally, like if Tom Brady can retire and people are going to, his name's going to kind of fade, you know, like with time, like why would I ever be concerned to what my ego is or what I'm doing? You know, like it's always going to be bigger than who you are, or who you think you are. That's you know, a good and we point. Live, in, live in such an egotistical society where even in your smallest bubble, you just, you think it all revolves around you. But, and I think this is so applicable to us because of the small towns we grew up in. Like, like when I grew up, I thought, you know, oh yeah, like, like I am, you know, big time or this or that. But then you leave and you go to college or you go to, you know, a city like Milwaukee or you, you travel the country, a part of the big East. You're like, there is a lot of people in this world. Yeah. You know, so you start to let some of that superficial stuff go, you know? So when I talk about, it, I'm like, I'm not talking about, I'm working at Marquette. I'm talking about, I feel good about going to work and I feel a passion for what I do, you know, and, and that carries over from, from day to day. And, and Dalton, like that's, I've always saw that with you and your perseverance to kind of, you know, shamelessly pursue whatever you want to do, whether it's writing or podcasting or DJing. And, and it's funny, like when you discover it in yourself, you start to see it in other people too, when they are truly valuing some of the, the deeper things in life rather than than the superficial um and i think again like like that's where the relationship with with coach specifically and really now nurturing all the other relationships in my life stemming from that has has really shifted uh in recent years yeah and i i think it's so easy too to get yeah like bogged down by all that kind of stuff like oh what's um i don't know what's this going to be like or or things like that but in the grand scheme of things like as you um, go about like your day to day or you travel and things like that. Um, you're just exposed to so many other things. Um, and it can be yeah. like humbling in that way where you're just like, you know, in the grand scheme of things as like, I'm, I'm pretty small in this whole thing, you know? And, but at like, if I can feel pride in what I do or I can find joy in what I do, or if I can find fulfillment in that, then I'm like being the best version of me. Because at the end of the day, that's all you have to prove it to are those in your closest knit group, your significant other, you know, your children one day, your parent. Like, like you can basically idealize what your, your closest circle is. And outside of that, 
you know, nothing, none, nothing else matters. Right. You know, as long as you're finding that fulfillment and, um, and in a way that, you know, you can support yourself and others to live, live comfortably. Um, so it's like, it's just, it's amazing how as much as it's been a career journey, it's also been kind of a, a spiritual and kind of just personal, personal journey as well. Um, yeah, again, like I, how I started off, you're the product of the five people you're around the most. And, and I think I, even if I just look at it as an, an accumulation of five people, maybe not even the present moment, but just some of the individuals that I've been influenced by um, have kind of had a rhetoric of deeper thinking and in that, you know, you can live your life with an extra intentionality to make yourself and make others around you feel better. Because at the end of the day, that, that trumps anything superficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100% man. Gosh, this has been just great to hear from you, man. This is, this has been awesome to hear. I don't know just about how um, basketball has impacted you, but also just about the relationships that you've been able to to form and uh, just cultivate and just the, the culture you've been able to be a part of is just, yeah, that's really cool, man. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. for you. Um, I, I appreciate it. And I, again, I just very thankful that you, that you had me on and cool says, you know, I just to be able to connect with you again as well. And then just have an opportunity to just talk a little bit about, you know, the things I'm experiencing and, um, and just allow, you know, for different people to, to hear about it and, and realize how, you know, sometimes your line of work can bring you so much more than just what the actual job is itself. And really can be, it can be life-changing. And I'd safely say that, you know, this type of stuff I've been doing in recent years has been life-changing or at least life-forming and cultivating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Ben, before I let you go, um, can I do a fast five here? Uh, there are some basketball related questions, but it's like, okay, I don't know. Um, favorite basketball movie. What do you got for me? Oh gosh. I'm probably going to go Hoosiers. Maybe cause I, I knew you were going to say that. I was thinking as I was writing this down, I was like, he's going to say Hoosiers. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I, I, I like that. And like I said, maybe recency bias because I was at a historic venue in Indiana just earlier this week, but yeah, oh, okay. I'm going Hoosiers. <laughs> Nice. All right. Uh, favorite music to listen to on game day? Oh, man. Uh, I'm all over the place. I'm a, I don't know. I kind of get into some Christian rock, like a little Ashes Remain and um, um, Star Set. I like them a little bit. So I'm, I'm kind of more into like that Christian rock or um, a little bit kind of that. You know how you describe it. You're, you're, gonna, you're a little bit of a music guru, too. Not necessarily a traditional rock, but I like a little bit of that pop rock type stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always, uh, uh, I don't know, lately, if I go on a walk or something like that, I always listen to Jeremy Camp. Have you listened to his okay. stuff? Uh, not really. I have heard the name, though. Okay. Listen to some of his like earlier albums. It's kind of Christian rock. Um, he's more okay. so pop now, but uh, okay. it gets you going, man. Uh, add that yeah. to the mix. It, I, like, it just promotes that deeper thinking. You know, I'm like a wanderer of the mind. You yeah, know, oftentimes I'm lost in some sort of deep thought. So I think my music choice likes to promote that stuff sometimes. So I'm going with that. All right. Yeah, I like it. Um, all right. Favorite road trip snack? Ooh. I, 
I'd probably go. I always get a an M and M's on the plane. I okay. Like good traditional M and M's. Yeah, they're consistent. We're spoiled. We get some, you know, nice little snack bar that comes through. I go with the M and M's. Nice. Yeah, gotta have your staples, you know. Yeah. All right. What's the nerdiest basketball thing you own? Ooh, nerdiest basketball thing. Like something you're the basketball item that you're the most proud of that you have. Man, I've got. I'm I'm a hoarder of uh of my passes. So like you go to each venue like Georgetown, you get a pass. You go to Villanova, you get a pass. And uh I actually saw this first, like Matt Siverling would always like on his office door, he'd always keep some of his credentials. So I always I just hoard all those. So that's probably nerdy. Um my second answer would probably my old high school ankle braces. Um I could have parted with those. They're like the old Steph Curry ones, they strap up by the shin. Yeah. Um, so I probably should have parted with those a few years ago and those are still, um, still with me. So I'll probably go with those are my, I gave you two answers. So I'll go with those. Yeah, no, I like it. I think, um, yeah, I hang on to passes too. Like whether it's, I don't know, um, just even something from this past week with uh, Berkey, like having a media pass. Yeah. So I think, yeah, those are kind of nice to just have around just kind of, I don't know, for you to keep track. Um, not quite a photo album, I'd say, but it's one of those things where, I don't know, you remember, you look back at that and and remember that time. Yeah, yeah. All right, last question I have for you, Ben, is what are your goals for the future? Do you see yourself one day being uh, like a head coach of a college basketball team? Um, I, You know, honestly, like, I feel like that, that question can be, you know, asked a lot in this business because it's always like, what's next? Where's the ladder? The next yeah. rung of the ladder. Right. Um, in terms of at the level that I'm at right now, I think my best fit, I think is more along the administration line or the sport executive, whether that's front office in the NBA, like GM type stuff or the league office um, oversight or, you know, administrator at a university. Um I think at the highest level of competition, that's probably how I'd see um, myself going in, in kind of the direction um, that I've been working with under, under coach a little bit. Um, I mean, there still is like a coaching fire, obviously just being so close to it and still being you know on the floor with um, as a support staff member with our fellow, you know, coaches. So you're still right there in it, even if you're not the one calling out, you know, what play the opponent's about to run or, like what defensive coverage we're in, like I'm still in that thick of it. So that coaching fire does, does still burn. I, I think I just felt like naturally, maybe my personality wise, I'd, you know, I, I have a soft spot for the WIAC and, you know, those type of jobs. If I ever truly wanted to, you know, ignite that, that fire that um, is there in terms of, of coaching. Um, but in terms of future goals, I, I don't know. It's just, again, it's more of that intangible, like, you know, personal peace and fulfillment and strong core relationships in my life and allow the rest to kind of unfold. Like, I feel like I've, you know, found myself in a really good opportunity and, and with really great people. And it's just amazing how, when you kind of just, just absorb yourself into what you're doing in the present, some of that stuff just kind of just happens for you, both in small and large scale. You know, there could be tasks on a day-to-day that just end up working just because I didn't worry about what was <laughs> going to happen. I was actually like, hey, just like 
do the necessary things that are the most immediate in front of you and it'll come. And I think that that also holds true for some of those, those longstanding goals too. Like, okay, MBA or, you know, MBA front office or league office, what like, yeah, like those things definitely cross my mind, but I'm never really like charting out, okay, I got to go here. Then I got to get here and here. Like obsessing I mean, over it. Yeah. I'm, I'm working for a program that I grew up watching in a home state where I'm close enough to see my parents. You know, I've built some really great friendships in this Milwaukee area and still maintain friendships all across the country. But geographically, I'm in a space that I, that I really like. Um, and, and those are the kind of things I look at right now and be like, hey, let the, last, let the rest of it just, just play out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I'd answer that one. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to approach things too. Otherwise you're always thinking like, oh, I'm a step behind. I thought I was going to be here by now or things like that. And then you can grow yeah. like dissatisfied with yeah. um, the position that you're in. But I mean, again, yeah. kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, like if you're able to um, like find your purpose and just find fulfillment in the things that you're doing, uh, that's, you know, that at the end of the day, that's what it's really all about. And like, numbers or like as far as like your bank account goes or the car you drive or things right. like that if you're like you're at the end of the day you're not fulfilled that stuff really doesn't matter no it doesn't as long as you have something to get you to point a from point b and you can you know sign your signature at the end of the check that gets your bills done for the month that's really all that matters and yeah comparison is the ultimate thief of joy and just again to just talk about you that's always something i've admired about how you've kind of pioneered yourself into finding your passions and um, in areas that are, you know, competitive and, and have a kind of a, a steep ladder too, but that you don't do it for those things. You do it because it brings you that present joy. And you know, whether you had a podcast on Sirius XM or one that gets informed, you know, Northern Wisconsin in the area you grew up, like, again, it's how it makes you feel. Um, and I think, because of that mindset, it allows the type of work you do to improve in quality as well. Like, I think that's why you know, the things you do or, or someone else may do is better because of the intentions are pure behind it. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I'll always like, so speaking of like the way, yeah, you make people feel or things like that. Like I always remember the gift you got me for secret Santa, uh, for TV 10, you got me, I think your dad, um, worked at, 3M or does he still work at 3M? Okay. I remember you got me like this huge bag of like sticky notes and tape and like all this different stuff. And you wrote this like really nice note about how you like wish me the best luck in teaching and things like that. And like, man, I'll never forget that. And uh, I just appreciate that so much. Amazing how like you tell me we'd be on a podcast a few years later. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't believe it's just crazy, but Again, yeah, those moments of impact, no matter how small. And, and I think that's the way, like, you carry out um, your life as well. Like, you can never, you know, undervalue any interpersonal interaction. And, mm-hmm. um, and when you do that, the way it reflects back on you is tenfold, and that fulfillment there. And, and you're, just, yeah, you're just happier. And, and I think there's a deprivation of that in our, our society these days. And, um, it's almost like a secret sauce that, that people discover. <laughs> and, and even like sometimes, I'll, yeah, I'll just be going about in the world and I'll be like, man, like, I got some things figured out that some people I think would kill to know, you know, right. <laughs> an awareness and a, an appreciation. And, you know, maybe I got into meditation a little bit too. And just, 
you know, really challenging my thoughts and, and healing yourself then allows you to allow you to positively impact others. Yeah. And yeah, I think, uh, it's, yeah, it's so important not to, yeah, just get caught up in that, um, in that comparison game where you're thinking that, well, I don't have what they have or I'm not, uh, where they are at, but finding that personal fulfillment, um, and just impacting those around you positively is just, um, just has that great of a impact on the world, um, at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, man, I love having like deeper conversations too about, it's just way more than basketball too, at the end of the day. Um, and just having, I don't know, those relationships too. So I, Ben, I, I appreciate your time so much. And, uh, no, I took up about an hour here, but you know, I, I really appreciate, uh, you, taking the time to come on the show and talk not only about basketball, but also just about the culture you guys are creating at Marquette. Absolutely. Again, I appreciate you having me on and love to do it again sometime. And I wish you the best with um, all your work and um, in terms of, yeah, Marquette and stuff, hopefully we can make a little noise in March here. Yeah. Best of luck on the rest of the season. Uh, We'll be watching and uh, cheering you on. All right. Take care, Dalton. All right. Thanks. You too, Ben. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast. Feel free to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us on Apple Music and Spotify Music so you know when our latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast is coming out. That about does it for us, so continue to be kind to one another, and we'll see you around town.